Final score tonight in Amherst is 5-2. to two. UMass defeats Merrimack with us, Mark Denny, the head coach of the Warriors. And uh, I guess, you know, first glance, people looking at the box score might say you had another slow start, falling behind 3 to nothing at the end of the first period. But I thought that the beginning of the game was pretty strong. You had some good chances. We did. Uh, you know, we did. And, and we, we went over the game plan. Um, you know, we thought that it would be in our best interest to, to if we played a certain way, uh, we would be dictating how the game was played. And you can't always do that, right? Um, but if we played this this way, it would uh, it would allow for that. And uh, the unfortunate part is, I think they were better at playing that way than we were. And uh, although we may have had a lot of chances, we didn't do much with them. And, and theirs ended up in the back of our net. Um, I thought we got exposed. Uh, I thought. I think we did a great job of, of coverage. I thought we got lost, and I thought they made some nice plays. I mean, um, and, and then lastly, I just thought, you know, we vacated important areas way too quickly and, and with without much awareness. Um, I mean, Raz was by himself on all three of those goals. So, um, yeah, it wasn't again wasn't the start we were looking for. But it wasn't the way out of the get go. I guess I, I'm trying to, you know. Thinking back on the first period, what changed? Did it happen when the goal was disallowed? Even though it seemed like it was pretty clear that it was going to be disallowed, did it? Was it? You know, some of the things that uh, good scoring chances that you weren't able to score, and it maybe took some wind out of your sails. I, I don't know. I mean, can, can you put your finger on when it changed? Yeah, no, I don't think. I don't think really it was. A, it was a matter of wind. Um, I think it was more a matter of execution. Uh, it was more a matter of when we have odd man rushes and when we get breaks, um, we turn it into into nothing. And when they get chances, um, it, it seems like when other teams get chances, we, we run around and, and make it even easier for them to score. And, and uh, that, that does not bode well. That's not, uh, that's not a good execution of, of what we're trying to do. The goals that you mentioned, the three that they scored in the first period, even including the one in the, with two seconds left, uh, all seem to be similar plays where um, you had you know trouble taking care of the puck in your own end. Maybe they win a battle here or there, and they're able to find the, the trailer or the guy high in the slot. And, and, and that, it seemed like all three of those goals were kind of similar in that regard. Well, you think that I, I come back to the word, uh, two words, execution and awareness, right? Awareness. So um, I don't know how many seconds there were on the clock when the, the face-off took place and uh but the puck goes back to the point and and we we like our goaltenders we think they're pretty good instead of trying to block that shot all four of our guys in the zone run to the guy at the point who's probably not going to score and leave a guy wide open in front of the net who's got a much better chance of scoring that's just it's lack of awareness and um how many times have you seen us this year give up a goal on, with under a minute to play? You know, it happened against BC. It happened again tonight. I mean, that's just lack of awareness. It's just lack of awareness. And, um, you know, I said to the boys, and I mean it, I mean, we, we as a coaching staff will go back and look at our game plan and, and, and see where we messed up. But I think it's imperative for everyone in our organization to do the same thing. Uh, you know, we, we at, at times when things go south, we look like we've never played the game before, and, and that's disturbing. 
you mentioned the block shots. I think that came up uh, this past week, Mike McMahon, looking at some numbers in the block shots. I mean, uh, they seem to be down maybe not just with you, but as a whole. Is, is it a reflection of the way that uh, strategy changing in the game, or is it something that you guys f- you feel that you need to improve in? Well, first of all, we don't give up many shots, right? I mean, we, we, we don't give up many yeah, shots. Seventh in the country, I think, seventh in shots against. Yeah, so, so your shot blocking is going to be down anyways just because we don't give up many shots. Um, but we've got some guys that do and some guys that don't. You know, I kid around and say, you know, we could send a couple of our guys to Pamplona because the puck can't hit them. There's no way a bull's going to. Um, and we kind of joke about it, but it's not funny. Uh, you know, it, blocking a shot is, is part of what we do at Merrimack, and, and um, we don't have enough guys either willing or, or capable of doing it. It might seem unusual, you know, giving up four goals, I guess, to, to name him as the warrior of the game, but we had Rasmus Terranen as the warrior of the game. I thought he kept you guys in it early in the second period with some pretty remarkable saves, especially during that power play, and then you ended up getting the two goals, and you were right back in the game. Yeah, I mean, I mean we thought about, you know, for his own safe purpose and, and, and taking him out because we didn't think any three of those goals were his fault. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you know, putting Sam and maybe getting Sam going a little bit and also getting the team rallied. Um, but again, we looked at it and said, you know, let him battle because he really wasn't to blame for any of those three. Um, you know, and, and it ends up he battles and, and, you know, we're back in it at 4 2, but uh, just really disappointing. Um, you know, we talk about we're, we're, we're two games removed now from a 60 minute performance that I thought was one of our best. And the last two, you know, we. we we barely get 40, you know, and and not even close to 20 guys going. Um, you know, we've got some guys that just are cruising around, and the hard part for, for coaches because we're trying to hold these guys accountable is it's different guys all the time. You know, it's like whack-a-mole, who's, who's, who's on tonight and who's not on. Um, and so, uh, you know, we'll, we're going to watch the video on the way home. We're going to make some assessments. And, you know, what we've tried to do tonight is something that we're going to continue to try to do. We're going to play the guys that are on that night more you know we shuffle the lines around we move guys up down over across based on how they're playing and and, uh, I think that's what you're going to see for the rest of the year Let's talk about one of the pluses tonight. Special teams. You got the power play goal, a nice goal there from Crystal Blank, and then he ended up killing the penalties, uh, killing all, all uh, I think, three UMass power plays, including the major that they had in the third period to keep you guys w- within striking distance. Yeah, you know, um, I mean, that first kill, I don't know if it was the first or the second where they actually reviewed a goal. I mean, you want to talk about battling, you know. It's almost, and again, it's part of our game plan, right? We look at how hard we battle on the PK. It's almost like we're better when we're when we give up a man because it forces us to, to, to battle. And that was kind of the thought process going into tonight. Let's take the safety net away and, and, and just force our guys to battle because when we do, they usually answer the bell. But, it, you know, that, that first penalty kill was extraordinary in terms of effort. Um, but when you look at it, it's the same guys, you know, that are, that are putting forth all that effort. And it's the uh, third period. You needed to get an early goal to have that striking distance chance, as we said. And Justin Mansfield scored a big one against Quinnipiac, and he uh, gets a nice pass from Kyle Singleton and scores that one there. Yeah, you know, I thought we, we, we had we really changed the momentum, I thought, uh, halfway through the second. And right after their goal, we started getting on them a little bit more. We made, you know, we started skating, and, and, and we had nothing to lose, right? I mean, that's so, so that's two games in a row now that that's happened. That happened at a similar point in the game against BC. Well, I mean, 
what happens at that point in the game that causes that to change? Well, I think it's psychologically, you know, you, you, you're carefree, you know. Um, you play, you really, it's not, you're just, you're just playing. You're not thinking, you, you're out there just playing hard. And, um, again, it's disappointing because you can see the difference. All of a sudden it's like a, a lightning strikes and, and here we go, we're going to play. Um, you know, I said to the guys, and, and, and I don't like to give away too much uh, within those those locker room walls, but you know, you keep waiting for rock bottom. Keep waiting to, to see what's going to motivate these guys to play frenzied hockey. Um, you know, before it's too late. Um, so we'll see. Well, I mean, we will see. All right. So tomorrow night back home against them. Uh trying to get a split of the weekend series. I know you haven't looked at the tape yet, but initial thoughts? Um, yeah. Well, just by sheer geometry, geography, um, we can't run as far away from the net as we did today. So we'll at least be closer to the important parts of the ice um, unless somebody jumps over the, the glass and, and leaves the facility. Um, you know, so you know, it'll force us to stay on the inside. Um, you know, we, we've got to we've got to win some more battles early. I mean, their their face off, I think the face offs were 16 to five after the first period, and we talk all the time about that being an indicator of our compete level, and that's just unacceptable. Uh, it's all five guys, you know, working on draws, and you know, those are those are the last two games where it's almost like I mean, early in the season we were winning face offs, and now all of a sudden it's like the referee's throwing it back to the other team. We got to dig in and and and, um, and and be greasier in those instances. Well, one of the big changes this week, NCAA has announced the recruiting rules. Some of those rules change rules regarding uh, contact that you can have, and you can talk to them earlier uh, in the, in their uh, in their development, as it were. And also, uh, restrictions were lifted. Maybe you could take us through what some of those changes were and what you see the impact being. Basically, uh, January one of a, of a prospective student athlete sophomore year. Um, you're allowed to call uh, and text. Um, and it was July, right? Yeah, it was July uh, after their sophomore year. And it, it's um, appropriate, I think the, the, the terminology, and I might have it wrong, appropriate levels. So <laughs> you want to talk about ambiguous. Um, basically, they're, they're leaving it up to each program as to how often they want to allow uh, content, not not contact, but uh, phone conversations and texts. Um, and and so, what effect is it going to have? First of all, hopefully, it, it eliminates. Right now, there's go-betweens because it's happening. Right when you have a, a 2,000 committing to a school, there's got to be contact somehow. Uh, and what is happening a lot is with family advisors, um, which I mean, you can call them whatever you want. <laughs> You know, right. uh, what's the difference between a family advisor and an agent? I guess you ask the NCAA that one. Um, and so the, the middleman gets out of the Now, now they're, they're, there's nothing to do with it. And so you can go directly to the player, which I think is healthy. Um, that, that could still happen before that, you know, January, but at least, it, you know, it gives you guys more of a, more time that you can talk to them. Well, people, I mean, again, you know, we have we have 
laws against murder, but murder still happens, right? So we've got rules and we've got people paying attention to them or not paying attention to them. Contact was made, and, and so they're just cleaning it up and, and allowing schools to do it based on their own, uh, what they think is appropriate. And so, you know, and, and what, what impact is it going to have? I think they hope it eliminates some of that uh, gray area with the family advisors. I think they hope that it will um, affect some of the, the mass exodus of some of the U.S.-born elite players to the CHL. Um, yeah, time will tell as to what effect it has on both of those. Uh, you know, I think less regulation is fine. You know, you're going to get people that are going to be texting and calling recruits every day. And so what effect is it going to have? Like, I mean, we're not going to do that because, you know, I don't text and, and call my mom every day. And I love her with, with all my being. Um, if, if prospective student-athletes need to be coddled to that extent, they're probably not for us. You know, we want to, we want to have an open line of communication with recruits and with our committed players, and um, you know, we want it to be healthy and we want them to be able to use us as a resource, and we want to be able to monitor their development and, and fill them in on some of the positive things we have going on. So I think every school will do things differently. There's less, uh, there are less rules. So, you know, I think at the end it's fine. You know, I, I, don't, I think the schools that wanted to contact kids a lot were doing it regardless of whether the rules are in place or not. So I, I, think, it's, I think it's a good thing. So there's a thought, for instance, you know, there's this, uh, you know, Thinking that it's going to one of the things that it'll do is maybe cut down like I think you may have mentioned this the the exodus to major junior or whatever it is. Uh, um, I mean, can can six months make that much of a difference? I guess is, is my question. Well, again, it, it all remains to be seen. Yeah. You know, when when we've got thirteen year old kids committing to college, I don't think that that us contacting them is an issue. I think the bigger issue is they can make a lot more money in the CHL. You know, this, the CHL has no rules. And the rules they have, they will change to accommodate them. So, you know, they'll say, you can't play in the CHL at 15. And then John Tavares comes along and they say, he'll accept you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they, re- they don't have any rules, you know. Uh, I think London was, I don't know if it was London or one of the programs up in the OHL just got absolutely fined up the wazoo because they were, they were paying players more than was legal under the, the guidelines, you know. Um, at the end of the day, you know, the NHL is made up of a third in, uh, a third college players, a third CHL players, and a third European players. It doesn't matter where you go. If you're good enough, you're going to get there. There's good coaching in all those leagues. And if and if I had a son, or well, in this instance, a son um, who was good enough to play in the NHL, I'd want an insurance policy. And an education is the best insurance policy you can get. So I don't know if it's going to have an effect. I think uh, too many people, will, you know, go for the short-term effect, yeah. you know. Um, but we'll see. So it seems like overall, you know, the overall thing to take away from it is, you know, it, it helps you guys out to some extent. It can't be a bad thing. So let's see what happens, right? Yeah, you know, it's it's we'll we'll see we'll see who abuses it. Yeah, that's basically what it comes. That's why we have the rules we have, is because people will abuse it. You know, <laughs> so we'll see who who will abuse it, and you know, and then we'll see if we need to change the legislation. 
I also wanted to ask you about the uh, American Hockey Coaches Awards came out the other day, and uh, a couple of coaches that you know really well going to receive some awards uh, in the spring in Naples. And first of all is, uh, you know, your your former uh, coach and, and mentor, Don Tut Cahoon, uh, Princeton, UMass, obviously, and uh, you worked very, very closely with him. You know him really well. He's going to receive the John Snooks Kelly uh, Founders Award, uh, which is a, a tremendous honor for him to get. Uh, I imagine you were pretty pretty uh, excited for him to get that. I really was. Uh, you know, I just, I, it was announced yesterday, and I looked at the award winners, and I, I know three of them pretty well, and in Toot and Joe Marsh and Joe McCabe, and I couldn't be happier for them. Uh, really looking forward to that uh, awards banquet. Uh, just the, the the speeches and stories alone will be worth the price of admission. Um, you know, Can somebody videotaped that maybe for those of us who won't you know, be there. It, it is videotaped. I'll have to talk to Joe and and uh, Bruce Leventhal about getting it up on on the the internet because Joe Marsh is the funniest human on the planet, and. Uh, you know, some of the stories Toot has and shared with me and some of the ones we've lived through are outstanding. And, you know, all Joe McCabe has done is, is, is shape young men's lives, and, and whether it's a baton on with Marty Pierce or uh, his, his illustrious career at BC High, the Super 8 tournaments he's won. I've really gotten to know him over the last couple of years, and he's just a great, great guy. And so I couldn't be happier for all three of them, you know, that, I'm definitely going to talk to Joe Britannia about getting that up. Maybe we'll live stream it. Uh, you might be able to charge money for like pay-per-view or something. I would pay for it, I'll tell you that right now. I, I remember being a young assistant coach at Princeton um, back at the old ECAC meetings, and you know the assistants didn't have to go, but you know all the coaches would sit at a, at a, a conference table, and there would be a bunch of chairs around on the outside, and it would be packed because you had Joe Marsh... Mike Gilligan, Toot Cahoon, Tim Taylor, Mark Morris, uh, Mike Schaefer. You had some of the best young coaches in, in, in the country, and then you had some of the funniest human beings on the planet. Um, you know, we, we'd, we'd drag ourselves out of bed after, a, 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 you know, maybe misbehaving the night before just to hear some of the stories they'd tell. And, uh, you know, I miss those times. It, it's, it's changed quite a bit down there. It'll be good to have them down there. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Joe McCabe. He was the head coach at Boston College High where you played. You're an alum. You didn't actually play for him, but how did you get to know him and, and tell us about him as a coach? He's getting the John Mariucci Award, which is an award that goes to uh, uh, you know a, a top secondary school coach for, for long-time service to the game. And not just long-time service. He's just a real good coach. I mean, he um, the, the game teaches you more lessons about life than it does uh, you know the game itself. And... You know, I look at all the lives that he's touched uh, at BC High and, you know, as an alum, really proud of how close they are to their mission. I've been involved in a couple things over the last couple years. A very good friend of mine was on the Board of Trustees, and, and you know, we talk about it a lot. BC High has kept very close to its mission of, of educating young men, uh, many of whom from the inner city, uh, and creating an environment for them that's affordable and, and uh, as they say, men for others. Uh, and, and uh, you know, Joe takes that and brings it onto the ice where his guys compete as hard as any of them. Uh, won, a, won their share of games, uh, I think four um, Super 8s, all the while doing it with a class and um, true teacher. So I'm glad to see him get the award as well. All right, thanks, Mark. Appreciate your time. We'll see you tomorrow night. Thanks, Mike.